Welcome to Knock 'em Dead, a comedy podcast that deals with the one thing we all experience yet never talk about death. Episode 2 Death Doulas. Move over, birth doulas, because there's a new doula in town. Doulas aren't just for bringing life into the world anymore, they're here to help you say sayonara with grace, too. Instead of a life coach, they're an afterlife coach, the hipster version of a hospice nurse guiding you through the most awkward exit interview of all time. Death doulas are a cosmic concierge, acting as caregivers of the soul, listeners of last wishes, and keepers of last-minute confessions, because some of us need a referee to stop our family from getting trashed on fireball and punching each other or us when things get stressful. This is important because you can't duck a punch in a hospital bed. Doulas create a space where the dying are heard and honored, because even in our final moments, our family still won't effing listen. Doulas also know when to hide the Jack Daniels, because Nana does get scrappy when she drinks. And if you knew you could plan to be at home with a doula instead of dying in a hospital, would you? Or are you scared to plan your own death? I'm Rachel Bradley, with my co-host, Christopher Titus. This is Knock'em Dead. Hey, what's up, guys? It is another episode of Knock'em Dead. I am Rachel Bradley. I am Christopher Titus. We are talking about something a lot of people don't know about, certainly we had not heard of before, uh, death doulas. So doula was originally used to describe a midwife, somebody who would uh, give, help someone give birth. And right. then, in the, <laughs> then in the 90s, someone else said, wait a minute, people are born, right. but, but they, they also, also die. die. <laughs> so it's like a death midwife is what you're saying. It's totally like de- de- that. So uh, we, so and I, I was looking, when I read about it and I was thinking, okay, what do we do? Like, what is this gonna be? And I remember my, da- my dad, died by himself in his bed all alone we had spent a couple days with him and and i thought that's not the way to go you know um and when we and when i think your dad chose that he did choose it because he yeah yeah you know you're right pop would not have been like (laughs) could i get some friends in here (laughs) he'd have been like hey guys i'm gonna go i'm dying you know you know what it was do you mind i'm trying to die he was like a collie that just went into a closet (laughs) and died a lot of people don't know the story do you mind saying? No, oh, oh, no. So my dad died. So my dad had a bunch of health problems. He had four or five heart attacks. They know that, um, right? Know that. Well, what happened was he'd gone to the doctor. He'd have this. There's a there's a a, a, a high artery in your neck that pumps a lot of blood, and the pressure is supposed to be 14. His was 145, and it's a respiratory percent thing. cheese. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 145. Yeah, he. So and they said white They said he had a. They were going to do a. Um, uh, a stint in it to get open it up so the pressure would drop again and then they did an x-ray of his lungs that we found all this out of, he didn't tell just so you know he told nobody this so we so they did an x-ray of his lungs and they found a mass in his lungs so he's going to the doctor finding these things out and not telling anyone didn't tell anybody that's Fat. not a guy that would have a doula yeah you're that's a, not a yeah, and a guy who again like collie in a closet i'm gonna go die you have to leave me alone <laughs> so he uh and, and because of his heart attack, he had to sit, sleep, sleep sitting up because his heart had so much, he was congested heart failure. He had so much water around it that if you went down, the doctor told him, if you lay down flat, you're going to go, to, you're going to die. He goes, your heart will drown and you will die because it's not strong enough to pump through the water. So uh, 
they found him in his bed uh, uh, that Saturday, all the pillows on the floor, him laid flat out. So he decided. We found, and I was like, why would he do this? Why would he do this? And maybe he was in pain. I get it. He had a bunch of heart attacks. He was kind of weak. Uh, West down the street, big guy, Wes, big, big burly dude. He said, yeah, dad came down on Thursday and he told me that, uh, that he goes, they, they found a mass in his lungs and, and quote, I ain't going out like that. <laughs> so that was my dad. So he chose how he wanted to chose go. Chose how he wanted to go, which I, which I think every, everybody should have the right to, uh, you know, I I think dying, uh, having someone force you into a hospital or an old age home is just like, not cool. Like, you know, you should, you know, uh, I, and here's what I really got with when grandma passed, um, still such a sweet memory. We were, she was surrounded. Imagine this, the every, I mean, you, I mean, you, you made it happen. You really were all over, but you, you, you were like, guys, she's going <laughs> like you were like, you were so managing. I this. had seen it at that with, point. So I had experience right, with it. Right. So I knew each yeah. step but what a weird phone call to make hey guys it's tonight and then everybody came over and they were singing around and i thought there you go there you go and she died in her recliner yep uh she never had to get into the hospital bed which i knew was gonna scare her oh, they set it up that day she had a sleep number bed baby and it was <laughs> a relationship not a bed yeah. and they wheeled that hospital bed into the dining room because we wanted to be able to still eat dinner with her i decided and i <laughs> was so worried about transporting her into that bed that night we didn't we discuss that because i remember they came over and the guy built it and he was so it was so it's such a weird thing because you think i guess when someone's dying that you love dearly you think everyone else should feel the same way and this guy just came in and clank 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 yeah. set this bed up and we we hid it from her and i was i i knew with grandma she's like a yorkie you know <laughs> and she had her routine we've compared our people we love to dogs because we love our dogs love so much these dogs. and uh, i knew that the bed would be uh, that would be the big one right and so it was so merciful and beautiful and she passed away in her power chair yeah. and uh remember? <laughs> remember she died in the power chair yeah. and then when the when the funeral home people came to get her because i think you said well it is a power chair and she had been in the chair for about four hours and chaplain our yorkie was asleep with his chin on her hand still where he always sat with grandma and wouldn't leave her. And I think you said, you know, well, it's a power chair. And so they just, they, they stood her up. They, we got to get her out. It's going to be up now. And they, he got, the guy goes, look, uh, maybe you guys want to be in here when we move her. And he was like, cause we have to get her out. I go, no, just hit the, <laughs> so grandma was Eject, like, grandma was like, her. Uh. <laughs> grandma would laugh, would have laughed. Or yeah, she would that. have. And then said, you, you are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but with my mom, if I had to, you know, I hadn't been through it before. I didn't know what to expect. And of course it is different with everyone, but so you really never know. But if I could have had someone like a death doula, I didn't know about those right. then. And that's why we wanted to have this guest on today. I talked to this guy on zoom before and I told him. And this that is there not a hospice person. This is not a hospice person. Uh, this is somebody who work can work with hospice comes into the home and can uh, provide support to the patient, to the family who's grieving before the process, during the, and after dealing with grief with people, someone that's walked this walk before and is there to help 
the people going through it because of their kindness and compassion and experience. Let's get them on. And had I known, I just wanted to say, had I known some of someone like this, Existing. I would have been able to do things so differently for my mom. And it left me with a couple of regrets. And I told him this before. And so I really want people to know what, a death doula is. We have a guest today that I'm very excited about. A multi-layered, multi-faceted, very interesting, kind, dedicated human being. And he's from New Jersey and still kind. Hmm. I know. I don't, I don't know how. I'm, let me just tell you his name is Matthew Dwyer, first yeah. of all. And he is a death doula, which is something people don't really know about. So he duels death. So basically when death shows up, he's like, I got you death. Let's do this. And what would right? a Jersey person bring you, you to duel, duel? You duel death? Is that? Oh man, don't let me duel anything, please. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I met Matt, because Matt, do you go, do you like Matt or Matthew better? Uh, Matthew is fine, but you can call me Matt too. It doesn't matter. I I'll, unlike Titus, I'll answer to just about anything. <laughs> well, Matthew is the reason I, is I, I use Christopher Titus because Christitis sounds like something you get vaccinated for, which is one of the first jokes I ever wrote. So I use it. So if you're going to call me Chris, got to call me Christopher because Chris is just weird. But yeah, Titus is fine. Matthew. I like Matthew. The formal like Matthew. Matthew. When I first met Matthew, I met him on Zoom and I actually thought, did he pay for the Buddhist Zoom background? <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> it's so perfect well i don't want to disappoint anybody uh i'm not buddhist i thought you were buddhist no no i'm i'm a independent contractor <laughs> <laughs> independent religious contractor. Okay. Uh, I, I i am what we would say is a, a bhakta or a bhakti um it, it's it's a, a yogi oh hindu yeah. More Hindu, this. There you go. Yeah, but but even then, like I wouldn't feel right calling myself a Hindu because there's uh, all these, you know, sort of formal things, and there's different streams. Um, I have Indian teachers, and I have uh, Western teachers, so I have a yoga practice. So I met you through my uncle Philip. Uh, who calls you his Buddhist doula friend. <laughs> so we might, we might need to speak to Philip about generalizations. Yes, there you go. <laughs> Especially because he's Jewish. I think we should specifically speak to him about generalizations. He would have he would have a little more insight. So I just read about doulas. I, I, I was, uh, it's interesting because we've been through a couple of situations where uh, when Ray took care of her mom and the people, the hospice care people were great. But it's mm -hmm. such doula is such a an interesting need to have someone there emotionally at the worst, you know, the worst time well, of your that, life. What, Matthew, Makes, do you mind explaining what being a death doula is to you? I, I mean, I love what Titus was saying is because sometimes people will say, oh, well, I have hospice. Uh, they're they're working with with the family. Um, so why do we need a, a doula? But a, a doula is going to bring another element or another layer into what might be a really chaotic environment. Yeah. And you know, what I heard you saying a little bit is sometimes a doula can come in and just be a, a grounding presence, you know, a presence that's, you know, there to witness and, um, you know, provide some, some practical things, but also just provide, 
you know, I'm doing, I don't know if people are listening or watching, but I'm like taking my hand and pulling it down a little yeah. bit just to, to be grounded, yeah. you know, and, and cause we have a, a, a soul, whatever we want to call it about to, to leave. And, you know, what does that do to the family? I mean, it's the family might be, you know, you know, sad or chaotic, or there's might be a lot of anger floating around. Um, there's, there's all kinds of things when you walk into the room of someone who's dying, right. you know, so as a doula, you know, I walk into these spaces and I mean, thankfully, because of my, my yoga practice, <laughs> fill up. Um, <laughs> I think I, can I just tell you that I think the contact that he shared with me says Buddhist doula. <laughs> We're going to have to it, talk to him. You know, it's interesting. It's not just for what, what I got when I was reading. It was, it's not just for the person that's dying, but man, yeah. the family people get so funerals and weddings are two places where every just the weirdest i've never seen behavior from people you think you know to funerals and weddings and funerals really worse because everybody whatever guilt life comes through and a doula seems to be someone that actually helps manage that help helps almost like a sounding board yeah 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 and just someone that's there to support you know like <clears throat> every every doula has a different set of skills that that come to the table and and you're if you speak and i'm sure you will you'll speak to other doulas that provide something a little bit different um but like monopoly that, some some guys will play monopoly with the person that's dying maybe there's a, their last thing is i want to play monopoly you 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 would jump <laughs> you in on you would jump in on my you'd I mean, be like you know what all right i'm gonna be the race car and they're like i'm dying i'm gonna be the race car that's how that goes if grandma wants to play Monopoly, you know, I'll be more than happy to play there you Monopoly. Go. But you would Sometimes not. I, I used to take cards and, and and see if people wanted to play cards. But, you know, when it gets. Sometimes what I'll notice is when it really gets towards the end, um, people just want to be loved. You know, they, they want you to sit with them. You know, sometimes sometimes it's just sitting next to someone and gazing out the window with them. You know, we're holding their hands. We're telling. I mean, and Bullock, you've you two have done this because I've I've heard so much uh, about you know Rachel the the experience couple experiences that you had. Did Philip tell you I was a Catholic? <laughs> yeah, he just tell him he's, he's got everybody's religion wrong. Yeah. Uh, uh, is, is this a is a right thing or a wrong thing? <laughs> it's all it, I, it's all good. Um, tell me what I what have hospice and a doula would you have hospice and a doula yeah sure sure totally and and i i would encourage people who uh you know if, if people are listening to this and someone in their life is terminally ill get as much support as you can so get hospice care if you can your know, hospice will go to your home yeah Sometimes hospices will have volunteers too that will will provide company with the dying. But you sometimes, know, sometimes hospice doulas. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I apologize. Huh. So, so it seems like hospice. I've we've had experience with hospice, and I have had where it just it's it's a little more uh, clinical. Whereas a doula, like like the one thing you need, look, the clinical is kind of over at this point. Really, you're just managing what's going wrong at that point. 
doulas actually tap into the spiritual and to get you to, to take you to the next thing and help the family through losing someone's important. It's, it was, it's such a good thing when you see, yeah, yeah, I think you have to have, as I was reading it, I realized you have to have both. So, so, you, you know, cause I you're not going to handle it well when I go. I'll be fine. Um, there, <laughs> there, I told you this before, but I, the first time I experienced it, my mom had stage four pancreatic cancer and we had two amazing years. And when it was time, hers was very prolonged. She would not let go. And well after her body had failed and it was, it was a horror show. And the hospice here in California were awful. They were rude. And if I would try and lean over my mom, I had been her caregiver all this time. And just to kiss her or whisper in her ear, the, there was one lady that actually put her hand between me and my mom and told me to stop. I think it had something to do with they're afraid you're going to give the morphine to them or something. Um, I had a better experience with hospice in North Carolina. They approach it very differently. But I have thought many times if I had had someone like you who could have helped me walk through that, helped me not lose my shit on that hospice nurse and caused <laughs> problems there um, to help me know what to expect. I didn't know what to expect. I, it, I think maybe that's something else that you do for the family as well. Yeah, I mean, providing support for the family. I, I look. I can't make you not lose your shit, but I can maybe <laughs> give you some tools for for when there is shit about to come out. I, I don't know, <laughs> Do but 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 Titus, like coming back to what you're saying too, is like I can't fix anything. Right, right, right. So this this person in front of me is dying, right. and. The, the medical community, they're, they're getting better with this, but it's, it's still got a, a ways to go where, where death is looked at as a failure. Right, right. And why? Every, everything we've ever known dies. Like people don't even like saying death and die and dead. And, you know, it's like, oh, don't, don't say that. You know, we can, we can make it happen sooner. But I was like, come on, how, how many people sit around all day and, you know, think about winning the lottery? Right. How, how many people are actually winning the lottery or how many people are rich? Right. Yeah. So it's like if, if uh, having these conversations and I, I applaud you, <laughs> I see a pat going on. What's happening? Buys Powerball every I week, am, baby. Uh, I am, I am, I, I am a lottery winner uh, in the in the future. <laughs> no I just want you. Are you serious? Oh no, no. In, the, in the future. Trust me. Uh, oh, I, 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 it's just it's out there for the universe. It's uh, on his vision board. Yeah, it's 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 all the time. I'm a lottery winner. All million Powerball tickets he's purchased. <laughs> but hey, I, uh, what's the weirdest? I get it. I'm I'm from New Jersey. I play the lottery too. There you go. What's the like? You so, got to find out how he got into it. First. People people lose their shit yeah i want to find out people do lose their shit like you lost your shit because that woman was accusing you of possibly be about to murder your mom so you were entirely valid to lose your shit you were fine Thank no you. one and i would if i had if i had i been there i'd have been like no 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 let me hit her because she's <laughs> accusing you of trying to kill her mom <laughs> um but go ahead yeah how did you get into it uh whew. you know it, it's it's quite a it's quite a story um it, and you know Rachel was was cued because she heard the the lottery, and <laughs> and and that's that's funny. It's kind of how it it started. I I was 
Um, I was traveling the U.S. in a in a camper van with my with my dog Dracula, the little black Brussels Griffin. You totally look like a dude that's traveling the U.S. in a camper van entirely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and and Dracula looked like me. He's got a he has <laughs> beard and you know dark dark hair. And so we're we're in this seventies style camper, and we were staying in Taos. Like our plan was our plan. Like he he was totally on board with this. <laughs> To, to travel the U.S. and pilgrimage the U.S. And we went to Taos and our guru's ashram is in Taos, Nim Karoli Baba. Same guru uh, of Ram Das and Krishna Das and, and Bhagavan Das and all those folks, if, if people are listening, they know. Um, so anyway, I was there for a month. And one one night I woke up in the middle of the night and I just kept repeating death doula, death doula. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Wow. I don't know what this is. And, and, you know, I was trying to go back to sleep, but it it was like, it was hooked in me. I couldn't stop thinking about it. So the next day I I called my teacher, his name is Harshida. And I said, Harshida, I, I don't know what the heck is going on here, but I can't stop thinking about this. And, um, he's, beautiful man. And he says, let me, let me get back to you. So next day he calls me and he said, "Mm, you know, when we go to India in January, it was, it was the summer at this time. Right. He goes, when we go to India in January, uh, we'll go to the missionaries of charity in Calcutta. And you could volunteer with the sisters that are working under Mother Trace's organization. Wow. And so I got off and I, I must have looked so disappointed. Because because <laughs> <laughs> I'm I was raised like in this sort of Catholic New Jersey Italian thing. And I didn't have any interest in doing doing that kind of work. I also didn't want to go back to India because I had just gotten back. But our, our guru had other plans. So this upcoming well the weekend that uh, there was a big festival three days it's a big bandara there's like lots of singing lots of chanting lots of eating um cooking and hundreds of people and uh at the end of the three days they were doing a raffle so here's the lottery <laughs> and um i had i i wasn't working i had very little money and i thought okay there's 20 dollars it goes to the building, the new temple, the new Mendir. And I said, all right, I'm, I actually said, I'm from New Jersey. How can I not play uh, a raffle? <laughs> right. <laughs> and it goes my $20. And um, anyways, the very end of the, the weekend, they were like, all right, we're going to call the winners of the raffle. And as soon as they said that, I thought, oh, I'm going to win. I had this the, the feeling I'm going to win. And I thought that I was going to win the third place prize because it was um, a blanket. Our guru used to always wear these blankets because he would have his ashrams up in the north. Right. And people would always give him these blankets. So I thought, Bob is going to hook me up. He knows I'm traveling in this van. I don't have a blanket. I'm freezing at night. And then they reached in for the to pull out the winner. And I thought, oh, no, Bob is going to give me the second place prize. Because the second place was a thread in a necklace of 
of one of his personal blankets. He's he's since left the body in the seventies. Right. So there, there's not a lot of these going around. And he he sometimes was a bit of like a trickster. He would mess with people a little bit. So I thought, Baba, <laughs> oh, really? So they reach in and they mess around and they pull out a ticket and they say, the first place winner for a round trip ticket to India is Matthew. And they didn't even say my last name. And I just wow. thought, oh, Baba. <laughs> uh. So I essentially got, you know, we say jowed out of the ashram. I got kicked out. <laughs> and yeah, I, I went off, sold all my, my uh, camper van and I brought the dog Dracula back to Jersey with me. And so I ended up in, in India for three months and I still was unsure. I'll, I'll wrap it up. I still <laughs> was it, unsure. Take it, trust me. We've had guests on. You're fine. I've threatened him. He, knows. <laughs> <laughs> he knows the deal. I was still unsure of going to Calcutta. And I was up in Kenchidam. Yeah, they don't have a sandals there. They don't have a sandals resort there in Calcutta. I get it. It's like, like and you There's just and probably you, not a sandals. <laughs> and you just come back too, so you're like, I gotta go back. Like I get it. Yeah, it's 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 an intense place. And so now I'm up in the hills, and I was staying in this little village, and no one really spoke English that well. And there was one uh, one man. He was a little bit younger than me. And he happened to stay at the same place that I was, a little tiny, uh, it was someone's home. And he told me that he had been traveling for a full year all around the, the whole world. And I said, all right, you know, you've been traveling for a year. It was like he was wrapping it up. He was in India for another month. I said, what was the most um, influential or special thing that you've done the whole world? And he looked at me and he said, brother, I don't know how I ended up there, but the mission of charity in Calcutta. And I just was like, oh, geez, spirit was so. <laughs> they were after <laughs> so, you, man. Yeah, I, 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 cause you know, I, I'm, I can be pretty dense sometimes. You know, it's like a, part of me, you know, if uncle Philip thinks I'm this like, you know, <laughs> Buddhist. <laughs> I, sure. But there's another part of me that, that, that is a little thick headed. Yeah, and and I I wasn't getting away with it that year. That's so, isn't so, it funny? Yeah, I, I was I I eventually made my way to Calcutta, and people have all kinds of mixed opinions about the work that the sisters do there, and they're they're like they're hardcore. They are hardcore in the work that they do. Right, and regardless of how people feel about. The Catholic Church, I have my opinions of that too. But these, these women are, are giving people a place to be loved instead of dying in the middle of the street. Right. Yeah. It's changed a lot in more recent years with people being rehabilitated. But again, Titus, it's like you were saying <clears> – <throat> The man that has tuberculosis and HIV and been living on the streets for his whole life, he might have never had like a, someone feed him food before and tell him that he was loved. And, you know, that's what I went there to do. And, you know, just there was some great 
you know, mentors that I had while I was there. And I mean, I can talk for hours about some of the, some of my time there, but so that, that was my, what I, I like to say, my, my calling and my initiation into, into death work. And you're not saying that figuratively, one of the first, maybe the first or one of the first people that you were with as they died was someone who had tuberculosis and HIV, right? Yeah. So that was sort of your, your baptism into being a death doula. I mean, we, we can look at anything with like the eyes of a critic and we can also look, you know, or really feel from our heart and, and, and I, I just say that cause I know you guys have a, a, a big platform and people might, you know, they're, they're tuning in and they're hearing some, you know, man from New Jersey talk about like holding someone's hands while they die that they didn't know, but you know, people just want a few things when they're dying and they want to know if they were loved. They want to know if they were able to love. So, you know, that's, that's part of my job. And it's such a weird time for the family too. And, 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 you know, the person that's, that's dying is going through it and that, that you're there for them. But I, I know there's a lot of people, and part of the reason Ray wanted to do this podcast is so many people have so many stories about what death means, and some of them just go, "Nope, I'm not," I'm, and oh, they man. and they stop showing up, mm-hmm. and they don't, and so for for and some people can only take it for a very short time because they're going to come apart, or they they feel like it's a ha- like I've seen people get yeah. angry, and I've seen people get silly, like it's just weird. It's surreal. And for you to take up some of the slack, for a doula to take up some of the slack. And get and literally give the family a break. And I, I know that sounds. Look, we I, we know you love the person dying, but there's. I remember Ray. You you. Oh my God, we were. It was it was so. A doula would have helped. Yeah, during mom, my first a lot. experience with mom. You know, I that was the first time I saw how people reacted to death. I never thought that there was an alternative. This woman gave me life. This woman took care of me, fed me, changed me, gave me a roof over my head, gave me love. Of course, there was no, uh, there was no alternative. And I was really shocked and angry to see people make the exact opposite choice. I was mad. And the second time around with my grandma, I heard myself on the phone with him. We were talking about family that just flat out wasn't showing up. And I remember saying to you, Hey, everyone is on their own journey. (laughs) And I thought I'm on my way. (laughs) And I was like, who the hell is this? This is not somebody I know. I'm becoming non-Buddhist enlightened. (laughs) I have a question. The wrong number. (laughs) (laughs) What have you done with Rachel? (laughs) Everyone and everyone is on their own journey and there's no right or wrong. I don't think anymore. Um, my, I'm interested in what you said about the end. People want to know that they were loved and they want to know that they loved. Mm. How in your experience does that happen? How do you communicate that or make that present with that person, especially if you don't know them? Well, it's a great question. Most people at the end, they're they're not asking how their stock portfolio is doing. Mm -hmm. 
Interesting. You know, they're, they're not as, I mean, I, I haven't seen that happen. Right. But they're, they're not worried about, I mean, at that point, they're not worried about their career. Right. So we, we put a lot of emphasis on, and rightfully so, right? Like we, you know, we want, some people want it. They really want to be successful and, and have, you know, beautiful, luxurious lives. And I, I think that's incredible, but at, at the end of it, and when you sit there and like, cause I mean, you could do this right now. You could just like, you could just imagine <laughs> like, where, where are you in your life? Right. And you could just like, you know, I, I, if we would do this as a practice too, like you can write a little line on a piece of paper and mark where you think you are in your life. And, you know, most people, depending on their age, will kind of go in the middle or, you know, start creeping up, you know, towards right. the, the later half. Right. And most people will be right if, if they look at that. But then move that tick all the way to the end. And then just imagine you had days, if not hours left to live, and you were still conscious like we are now. And you could just think like, what is really important to me? Like, so I would even ask you to, it's like, I, you know, as I'm talking, I, I imagine, you know, part of you is like thinking of another question to ask, or part of you is also doing that, like that mm -hmm. exploratory thing of like, whoa, what, what? would be important to me at the end. Mm. Do you know what's interesting for me? I had this. I think I, he's asking you. You don't I am. I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him <laughs> what happened yesterday. So yesterday, because I knew this was coming up and I was thinking about death a lot. And, and I'm not thinking about it in a, in a way. Grandma eased me. Watching grandma die while I played guitar with her was in was just one of those things that. And my, uh, my grief is sweet, by the way. My grief is mm. sweet for her. Um. But, but I was thinking that because I can't when people go, what, what are you going to say in your last moment? I can never conceptualize that. Yesterday, I said, you have one year and that's it. What are you going to do? He today? came home and said, this. I go, I go, I go, because I can, I can, I can never conceptualize. What are you going to think of at the end of your life? But you have one year. What are you going to do? Who are you going to love? Who are you going to cut out because they don't, they don't help? Who are you going to fix it with? Who are, and, and, and I, and I decided yesterday before I, that I was going to do that. It's, it wasn't the death doula chant in my head, but it was something <laughs> like, I'm, I give myself a year and then I have a list because I live like, there is no end. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and, and now that I've with grandma and mom, there's an end. My dad died. My dad passed. And, and, um, and, and so there, there is an end. So I'm, I'm living like that now. I'm kind of like, well, you know, I came home from my grandma's and once you have assisted someone, especially someone in your family through death and you're left with what's left, um, you, it changes your perspective. And I came home from North Carolina heartbroken and wanting to get rid of all of my things. I had this desire to just get rid of stuff. I started doing Goodwill bags and selling stuff. And uh, because what I was left with when they took her physical body away was a house full of stuff that some people wanted to fight over or, you know, <laughs> and it was just stuff. 
and it was hard to go through and there weren't enough places for it. And you're giving things that she loved to some charity and you just really get the absurdity of this. I always t tell him it's our empire of, sh of shit or our empire of dust. You know, yeah. we stand on top of this hill of shit that we, it, that's what's left. And um, so I do get that concept and then time passes and I get caught up in dumb things again. You know, sure. it's, sure. it's remembering. Does that. that remind you all? I mean, you, you be any, uh, um, but, but does that, does that like doing, being a death tool that would remind you every time what's important. So you must live in this different, like this different conversation. Yeah. Well, the, the truth is it's not like every single day uh, I'm sitting with someone who's dying. Right. I, I I, I'm do oftentimes it. having this conversation and, you know, I, Titus, I, I, I want to say one, I, I saw that moment of sweetness when you touched your heart. I just want to call that out. I, I, cause I saw you were, you were talking about grandma and you touched your heart and you had like a little uh, sweet or grief bubble kind of, you know, show up. And, but I'm not uh, afraid of grief anymore. It used to feel so bad. Now I, I know that that's, be, that's just love trying to, it's, uh, just, it's yeah. just love. Yeah. I read that yeah. grief is, is love without a place to go anymore. Right. You know? right. Yeah. Yeah. And our, and our, what is our love want to be expressed, right? So yeah. when we grieve, we're just expressing love in so many different flavors. And th there, there's also a book, uh, it's, it's called uh, A Year to Live, I'm pretty sure, by Stephen Levine. Levin, hope I'm pronouncing their name right. And it, it's doing that same same work that you're you're saying, hey, I have one more year to live. So I, I would, yeah, grab the book and, you know, you, it's, it's a really powerful book. I've done that practice before. Well, it really, it really focused, it really in, in one second focused me. There was two things that happened. Oh, shit. And okay, I, I, that's why when people, I, I can never conceptualize that you're, you're going to die in two days. I, I can never conceptualize that because I think at that point it should be over. I should accept it. But if I have a year and I get to be this guy, but then at the end of that year, it's over. It was really, it really pinpoint focused me on what was A, what was important, B, what needed to get done, C, what I needed to fix, uh, and, and D, what I needed to let go of. It was, it was so fast. So I'm going to get that book. That's great. Yeah. And then let's. I have a conversation in a year. Okay. I'm going to put it in my calendar. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, I'll mark it down. He's going to hold you accountable. No, no. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give myself an alert every month to see where I am and I'm going to do it for a year. That's great. That's I'm doing that. Yeah. Because yeah. don't forget it because it's easy. It's easy to have a day of inspiration and a month of, of, uh, Getting caught uh, of ordinary. So you're right. I don't, we're not going anywhere, but I do want to say this before I forget that Matt has a website. Um, it's mad Humat. Madu Matt. Madu oh, Matt. That, yeah. Oh, Madu. Okay. For everyone else, Madu. it looks like mad H U M A T T. Mad it's Madu Matt. <laughs> Madu Matt.com. Uh, and yeah. you can go and see what Matt's up to. Matt is up to a lot of things. It explains death doula. And so death doula is actually you. I love how you break it down on this page that it is a before, during, and after process. Um, so before he, as he says, never too early to start the conversation works with hospice, heart-centered companion. I know you talked about this, but um, the lady that you told me about that they would, the family would leave her in her wheelchair outside 
Do you remember uh, that? Oh, it, so I was um, I what? was working. With, Sounds like uh, my family on training for hospice. <laughs> Okay. What, what happened? What I missed? He no, said no. it sounds like his family. I know, it sounds like my family. Just, let her, just park him outside. Let him go. He talks a lot. Still. This family was so sweet. This family was so sweet. It, it was actually the, uh, um, this woman was getting uh, a treatment. And when she was done with her treatment, the, the bus would drop her off. But you know, b- because everything is like licensed and there's all these regulations, the bus driver wasn't permitted to push her up the steps inside. Wow. So if nobody was there, <laughs> you know, that's it. It's just like <laughs> grandma in a wheelchair. I, I, on just, I just picture this poor lady sitting on the curb and then. <laughs> Why does grandma always have a sunburn? <laughs> this bus just pulling away from this poor old lady in front of the steps. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. It just, I, I, by the oh. way, my comedy is all about the absurdity of life, and that's such an absurd thing. It's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> because some somewhere along, I don't, who knows, someone decided that that would make that person. Right. Liable. Yeah. 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 So, oh, well, now we have to get insurance on this. And it's like, oh, Jesus. Just wheel them up the fucking Just steps. get the yeah. old lady inside, for God's sake. <laughs> exactly. Pretend you didn't. She won't remember. Yeah. <laughs> right. She's not. She's not at a Sometimes you got to do what you got to uh, do. Uh, what's the weirdest? Uh, uh, okay. Do you get requests? Like people go, you know what I'd like to do before I die? Do you get weird requests? I don't mean like weird, like like <laughs> sexual. Or weird. I mean like odd, like people who had a certain life, and then like you hear their. Because I mean, at the end of your life, you're going to come up with your. I would like any like a, a deep secret, a, a something that you were like, I've never, I always wanted to, and I never did. Do you get that a lot? Yeah. You, so there's two ways to there. There's two ways to look at that. Like one of my teachers, she would say, even if someone has a request that. They can't like, if they're like, Hey, I want to go to Puerto Rico next week and they're bed bound. Right. Sure. Yeah. Let's, let's make that happen. Cause you don't want to, you don't want to break their hope. So one of my teachers would say that Um, if we talk about, Oh, geez, uh, a request, um, a a dear friend of mine, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, filtering how much of this is anonymous. <laughs> uh, Keep it, anon- mind Keep that, it anonymous. We don't want to get sued like the guy <laughs> with the bus driver thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was, um, he was doing not so great. And, and he had a moment of uh, excitement and he got a little rambunctious and he is a bit of a wild man. And um, he had his friends take him out and did a bunch of whippets and, <laughs> you know, like, awesome. I mean, I don't know how much of the whippet he actually did. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, it, it was like another romp, another like romp in the yeah. city. And, you know, why not? Yeah, Rachel talks about the rally a lot. Was that his rally? Was that his like... That- yeah, there. That was probably. Yeah, you're. You're. I'm. I'm trying to think like timeline. Yeah. With, with that friend, um, and that was definitely a 
a, a couple weeks, I believe, of of like, whoa, here here we are. We, we've we've got a a different energy right now. If people don't know about the rally, we're definitely going to be talking about it on another episode specifically. But everybody's is different, and some people may not have it. Uh, some are short, some are longer. They happen at different times, but it is an energetic surge that happens when someone is dying. I, I had a guy tell me in Montana, he said that his mom was bedridden, horribly ill, hadn't spoken, got up and said, man, I'd love a burger from whatever her favorite burger place was and sat in the living room with the family. And of course she couldn't eat much of the burger or whatever. But the, the thing is a lot of times people think they're getting better and then they die. Um, my mom had uh, already advanced to a physical place where she wasn't able to get up or speak well. Her jaw had released. And um, but she said I could I was the only one that could understand her. She got up. Um, well, then didn't get up the night before my brother came and got me when the rally started. And he said, I think she wants you. I'm not sure. I think she wants you. And um I went to her and she looked at me and smiled. And it was the first time in some time that I saw connection there. And she, without being able to fully use her mouth, her jaw, she formed the words best friend. And I said, best friend. And she went, yeah. And then she was so happy that I understood her. And then she turned her head and looked up at the ceiling and just smiled. And then in the morning I woke, I went back to sleep. I woke up and she was still in it. My brother had been sitting with her throughout the night and she said, what's for breakfast? (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so, and I think she, she died a day after that, I think. So Mm. your job, so, so, cause interesting because I can see people in the family going, oh my gosh, they're getting better. They're turning. It's going to, it's going to get better. Do you have to explain to families like, okay, well, this is what's happening. Um, I can. Yeah. It depends like where, where, where I am or how often I'm there. You know, sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just be there like for, you know, phone, almost like phone support. Like someone will call me like, Hey, this is, this is going on. And, and I don't ever want to tell some, someone something that is like a definite because right. I don't know. Right. Some, some people, I mean, their miracles happen. Yeah. Some people have that little bounce up and then, you know, with it, they come out of it. You know, they're on a track of recovery. Wow. So I, I don't want to, I don't ever like to say anything is for sh- for sure. I mean, unless it's like, you know, unless it's a thing where someone is not understanding that someone is dying. Right. You know, that? That's got to be a tough you one. Have, you might have to be a little bit, and it depends. Like, it might be a thing if like one of the family members doesn't want to admit that someone is dying, but someone else does. And there's a lot of yep. you right. know, pushback from, you know, maybe, maybe I don't, maybe I don't come into that space. Right. But are you kind is it, I mean, I'm sure you've had to, but I mean, I, it's, it's weird how people, again, funerals and weddings, people lock something down. They're not dying. They're not, they're going to be fine. And you, and it, being with going to Calcutta and being with a mother Teresa, I know she, I know she was very uh, known for not being subtle. I know she was known for not being she, like, she called it as she's at, this is how it is. 
So do you have to do that sometimes? Or is it just not your step your place to step in? It, it's good question. Oh, I will put my like finger on the pulse. You usually I'm trying to be as real as I can with someone. I'm I'm not trying to do this like bright siding and well, maybe they can get better. That that's not what a, a good doula, I believe, should do. Right. You know, it's like, well, they have cancer. You know, it's like when sometimes if you say those sorts of things or like, you know, they're, well, that is because they are dying. Even just to say the words dying, naming what it is, uh, it it can be helpful for people because sometimes they won't say it. You know, like as we were talking about earlier, they, they, they don't want to say these things. That's what we're trying to solve with this. We're trying that, that. Thank you for coming on here because this is what we're trying to get people to realize that it's just dying is not is 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 not the end of life. It's part of life. So that we want to get that. We want to get that. That's what I got with grandma. I really got my dad tore me up bad. I didn't understand it. I was really hateful. Mom going th- watching you go through with mom being with mom and watching how long it took was brutal. And then with grandma, there was um I don't know man there was a a. a I guess it's just a sweetness in the experience. And we knew, and we didn't have, you know what I didn't have? She was 89. We didn't have a lot of, this is out of the blue. <laughs> was like, kind, but with her, it kind of was because well, she was, she just flew on a red eye by herself to Scotland in August to see us for yeah. a week. So, but, but at the same time, it was a life fully lived. I think with my mom, we felt like we were cheated. With your dad, he was 58. He was, he felt cheated, even though there aren't guarantees. We have an expectation, which never ruins your life. Right. Now your expectation's great. Helps you so much. What, Matthew, what do you, if you could give advice to people pertaining to their own death mm. and advice to people pertaining to the death of someone they love what are what's the top things that come to mind what do people need to know so your your own death i would say is our life wants to be lived fully i'm not saying just like as a bumper sticker right Because I can't, because we, we can do that too we've always ordered but, the t-shirts <laughs> the, i mean the reason why we we can do this work and you're bringing this awareness to folks um is so we if we look at our precious life we can actually be living it i know that we're all living but some people you know i forget who said it now it's like they are you know it's it's suicide in installments like little by little by little by little by little existing is not living existing is not living yeah yeah and and you know, I, I also want to say, because sometimes people listen to these podcasts and it's like, oh, okay, well, um, so what does that mean? Do I got to like, you know, go live in, you know, a tropical country? That's not what that means. It could mean you just go outside and just like, just sit on your steps and and watch the thunderstorm. Or like, look at the person next to you and you could just say, how how are you? And let that person like say how they are. Uh, I'm, I'm not doing well. And then you don't have to do anything. You can just be with them. 
they were so uncomfortable with, yeah. with, mm, I hate to say negative emotions, but like sadness or shame or rage or anger or, you know, whatever. You can like pull up an emotion wheel right now and go right. all the things that we push away. Right. It, it's, it's not just like, you know, on level 10 all the time. Right. Right. So it's, so yeah, to just like be, be fully alive as best as you can. And, and like, and I say this too, as a total work in progress. Right. You know, and like I, I we were saying earlier, the, the word remember came up and it's like, there's a constant remember for me. It's like, I constantly have to remember. Yeah. Like, okay, this is like, and it's not like a, a neurotic kind of thing. It's actually the opposite. It's like bringing, you know, Ram Dass would teach us this all the time to go from here to here. Right. Now, if people are just listening, I'm going from my head to my heart, from my head to my heart. And the other, you had a second part of that for folks that are, it sounds a little bit like folks that are grieving are in yeah in the pr process of something yeah. they love dying your grief is sacred and how you are feeling whatever it is is valid if it's sadness if it's joy you know if it's anger <clears throat> and we could honor both our loved one or beloved some you know if it's a pet we could honor them by being with it is that we're feeling and and then working with that. Now part some of the work that I do with folks, a lot of the work that I do these days is with folks who are grieving. I was going to mention that that's also on your website and you call it grief walking. Yeah, I don't know what else to call it. I like, I know. I like over Zoom these days. <laughs> like you know, I mean, I would love to like go out in the forest with someone and, you know, walk side by side. So we're all, you know, taking in what's, what's going on and people can just share their sweethearts. It is a journey though. It is a walk, even if it's on Zoom, because having been through it, it is each day can be unrecognizable to the day before yeah. as to where you are in it, how you feel about it. And man, it is, it, it is surprising. Even now we lost grandma in March and she was my best friend. She used to tell me I needed to get a life if her, if my 89 year old grandma was my best friend. Um, but she was, and she, uh, it was two days ago. I I'm fine. I've been fine. <laughs> and I opened my coffee drawer and there was this trivet that she and I got at this. She always made me go to, I always said they were COVID super spreaders with her church and it was called the painted bowl in, in her little town. And she wanted to go cause you got free soup. My soup you can eat. It's my, my soup, soup you can unlimited eat. Unlimited soup. <laughs> and it was for charity. And then you got to pick out a piece of pottery that the college art students made. And I saw this piece of pottery and I just lost it. And I've been fine. <laughs> Air quotes. <laughs> and so well, it's surprising. Yeah. And partly what you're saying, Rachel, is like you're sharing this beautiful story about you and your grandmother and, and, you know, creating memories and 
you know, and, and really inviting her presence into your studio, into my, my home now. And now everyone else that's listening, it's like they, they now have a little bit of a relationship with your grandmother. Yeah. Right. And I, oh, that's just so incredible. The other day I was cleaning out my, my draw too. And I saw, you know, Dracula died in November of 2021. And I had, I saw his little harness Ugh. and I was just, oh, I was just dropped to my knees. Yeah. Oh. And I, I Dracula, you know, but then I look at his photo other times and it's like, I want to tell stories about him. Yeah. You know, people are like, hey, you're still talking about your dog. It's like, Phew. Yeah. But then, but going back to this, like this moment of grief, um, you know, I, can I, can I share a story? Yes, please. When, when Dracula died and, and let me say this for anyone that's listening, if you are grieving a pet loss, that love is real. Love is real. And we grieve what we love. So we never have to disenfranchise our grief. So we don't have to think, well, huh, it's just my uh, pet lizard. I just met a man that was, was talking to me about his, uh, his dog um, died. And now he has this bearded lizard. And he said, the lizard follows me in and out of all the rooms, like hops up on my lap. <laughs> and I, I, I mean, our, our relationships are so complex. And if you are dropped to your knees about anything, that's valid. You right. don't have to, to shame that. So Dracula was just this beloved dog. I, I mean, I was traveling the U.S. with him. I flew all over the place with him. I mean, he was like my sidekick. Where there was me, there was Dracula. People would know him. Right. I would, I'd be walking down the street and I'd be like, Hey, Dracula. And people would turn and look, they'd be like, is that Dracula the dog? <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah. And they, they had no idea who I was. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, it was not long after he died. And, you know, I also teach, I teach yoga classes here in New Jersey. And, um, one of my students came up to me and they said, I'm so sorry. You know, they're being very sweet. I'm so sorry. And I was just like, I am, I, you know, I'm heartbroken. Like, how are you I'm heartbroken? Right. And you could, you could, if, if we paused, I know it's like the worst thing to do for a podcast. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> no, it's fine. But if we just have like heartbroken and put our hands on our heart, we can like sit in that silence of being heartbroken. We've all been there, but what happens then it might take someone else into their heartbreak. Mm -hmm. So we will immediately say something to get out of that. Right. And this student was so sweet and they didn't know what to say. It was that, that pause, that it, like point, point something of a second. You have another dog, right? (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh, you, you, and you're so sweet. I wanted to hug her and be like, he's sweet. But you know, I was a little bit angry too. Yeah. But you know, it's like, because we just don't know what else to do. We're so fucking un, we hate being uncomfortable. It's like, get me out of my skin. I get me out of this room. I don't want to be sad. (laughs) He's like, yeah, I see him. He's about to cry. But you have another (laughs) dog. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. But no, you know what? I mean, and the, that's because, because again, it's like you were saying, Titus, it's like, it's kind of, re- 
it's like, oh, we can't just be with it. Right. And the same thing. And it's like, if there is laughter that comes up, because I, I've been around people when, when, you know, there's, there's some, you know, something happens and there's laughter. That's normal too. Yeah. It's a normal emotion to have. When my father died, he was such a, he was such a wild man. Like you said, your <laughs> friend was, and he was a wild man. And, and, he used to say, he used to say about his funeral, he said, I, I mean, I put it in one of my shows. This is a quote. I want to be buried in a cardboard box. Don't buy anything. And he goes, I don't want, he goes, I want to be put on the floor. And anybody who I pissed off in life, let him step up and take a piss right on me. And then he said, he goes, and then when the funeral, when the service is over, I want to be cremated. Then I want you to put me in a douche bottle, find a hooker and run me through one more time. <laughs> <laughs> That's my dad. So at his funeral, I, I told everybody, I said, we are, this funeral will not be, we can all grieve, but everybody's going to get him to tell a funny story about that. Cause it was, everybody had something and man, we laughed so hard. And I think we honored him for that, you know, and, and I think everybody, right. Everybody, everybody has this thing where, and that's another thing with families is that everybody has the funeral's going to go this way. Like my sister, my brother, it was, it was, I, and I, we could have used a doula because there was a constant management of what everybody else wanted with this person's death. Is that something you deal with? And also do people have like, what's a through line through people dying regret? Is that a, is that a through line through people dying pretty much? I'm just, the reason I'm asking is so we can tell everybody else, if everybody else regrets this, this, and this, uh, maybe we should stop. If you, if you know what I'm saying, you have a blueprint for what people regret at the end of their lives. And then we go, then we don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> help us. Well, help us. <laughs> usually those regrets are, are, I mean, you can, you can probably just Google it, right? <laughs> yeah. It, it is, it is the thing of like not spending time with our loved ones. Yeah. You know, be, being so focused on one thing that I wasn't present with the people that you know, really cared about me, or I never actually let myself develop those those really deep relationships because I was too busy wrapped up in something else. Okay, good. Yeah. So basically, that breaks down to, I regret I didn't love enough. That's basically what it breaks down to. Love, love, love. Yeah. I think yeah. when we were talking about honoring your dad, we did that with my mom. I wrote stand up for her funeral and he did stand up as well and it's my mom was an artist and big as life and laughed and danced in public and would belt out a song in the middle of a store and she lived big and we wanted to honor her that way and it was it was interesting because like you said we had family that then I start getting phone calls like, oh, you know, so-and-so is saying that you, you know, disrespected the church and disrespected your mother. And, you know, it's like everybody has their rules about death. It's so interesting. And, and one thing I would say to people that I've learned is make your wishes known now mm -hmm. and, and lock it in in some way that it's witnessed or in some official way my grandma told me very specifically, she wrote her own funeral service and had to keep editing it because everybody keeps dying. <laughs> I've killed three preachers. I'm afraid to put another one on there. That's what she told us in Scotland at tea. 
Um, and a pianist is dead too. Um, <laughs> but while we were together in February, she wrote it again and called the people to tell them what their parts were. Uh, one person got axed. Um, but, <laughs> she did. but she called that person and said, you're out. <laughs> um, but she had told me a year and a half ago, I don't, I want to die at home. That's mm -hmm. what I want. And I want you to follow my funeral service and don't say anything about my driving. <laughs> Those were the three things right. she said. And I very quickly got my sister. We were all visiting Christopher and her husband and said, come into this room. And I said, I want you to repeat that again in front of all of these people, because there are other family members that would often say that for whatever surgery or whatever, we could put her in a nursing home to, you know. She didn't want that. And so I had her say that so that when the time came, we were able to sit in front of hospice and witness that this is what she wants. We were like the death Avengers. Yeah. Oh, we, we were, were like, this, this yeah. is how this is going to go. And we were ready to do old school <laughs> fisties over it too. Um, so I would say to people, make your wishes known. Yes, it, uh, totally. It's never too soon. And yeah. you can change it. Right. right? You, you can have a plan. And not go according to plan. Because a bunch and, of people and, might die. And Rachel, what, what you're saying too, like about you doing your, your set for your mom is you know, David Kessler. He's a beautiful teacher and, and writer. He wrote a book called, is it called Creating Meaning? It's, it's something like that. It came out recently. And it's, it's talking about how we can create meaning um, with, with death. Yeah. And also... You know, it's like a sidebar to that. We can't, we can't do that without the the grief part. We right. can't go right. from like death to creating meaning. You know, we have to kind of wade in the waters of grief. You know, like let let yourself be. You know, be in that process. Like we we can't kind of fast track out of there. Yeah. Well, this uh, my whole show that I took to Scotland is called Beauty for Ashes, and it's about that journey with my mom from diagnosis till it ends at, at the beach with me spreading her ashes and it's laugh mm -hmm. out loud, funny. And for me, it's funny that you said that because for me, I felt like it gave it some meaning. It gave mm -hmm. it some, it, it was, I, I think I said to you, it was for something. Mm -hmm. If I do this show, then, then it's a small piece of being for something. You know, if I can tell people those stories and make them laugh, you know, cause you know how absurd people are when someone's dying, my family complete and total wreck. I just That's had to crazy. write down what happened. It's a show. I, I, I've noticed <laughs> that I, I, it's person's dying that sad. And then I, I, I've, what I've seen, it, what, what you see when in death and what people, especially the family, it, it's, it's weird how, Personality traits I I just never noticed, or they were so small, just got so amplified by losing somebody. I mean, mm. how do you sit in that when that's going on? Because it's got to be going on around you sometimes. If you're with somebody and you're doing it, that you know, and then the anger is they can't yell at them. Do they ever turn on you? I mean, like, what's that like? Because I mean, being uh, being who you are, I get that you're just going to take it. Okay, no, I, I mean, I, I get you're getting no judgment on it. But there's got to be a point no being way. from Jersey where He's you're from like, Jersey. I was going to say, with Jersey, you're like, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I can totally set a boundary. You know, if someone's being ridiculous, I can set a boundary. Got it. You know, and, and most of the time, people are never really taking it out on 
on the doula. They're, they're, it's like interfamily stuff that's been going on for way before I got there. Yeah. Um, and you know how, how partly my job is to listen and to hear by just sitting, listening and actually hearing it. And, you know, maybe I'm reflecting some of that back, but because I'm not, I'm not in the, the, the conflict of it all. Right. Right. The, the, <laughs> the Italian Jersey in me, you know, <laughs> there, there's a part of me that like wants to go through, you know, <laughs> the filing cabinet and, you know, part, <laughs> I, you know, I can't say that I don't love the, I don't want to say it. in that, in that world, I don't love the drama. Right. But like, there's a whole part of me that, you know, I, I Oh, gossip. Yeah. Tell me. Yeah. And then I, and then it's just this, okay. This is in my normal life too. Just like, okay, well, what's going on here, Matthew? What do you need all this gossip for? Right. So, you know, I, I, when, when I, when I'm with someone who is dying, who is grieving, I just take a moment, Titus, this is really, really simple practice that I, I do before anything. Just have a moment. You know, I'll close my eyes if if it's if I can, if it's safe to close my eyes. And I'll just remember what it is that I'm there for. You know, and I'll ask the, the presence of you know my guru, my my teachers, Dracula, to be with me, to sit with me, to speak through me, to guide me, and to help me show the people in front of them that they are loved and that I love them regardless of all of the the gossip and the, the drama. I would watch that show, The Real Death Doulas of New Jersey. I would, <laughs> <laughs> seven death doulas seven. in New Jersey. Oh, no, the fuck she did. And then the bitchiness between them. <laughs> oh, awesome, I would man. love I, that I take, show. I took the guy through death way better than you. Should have seen what she yet. wore when she showed. Oh, hey, who's that? So, so this is uh, his name. Oh, look, he went up. He gave a little look. He's like his name is Pakal, but we just call him Pocket. Pocket. He's a hairless Mexican dog from from Mexico. Oh, Pocket. Pocket. Um, I want you guys to know that you can go to madumat.com. I have one more thing I want to talk about, but you can go and employ his doula services. You can go and click on grief walking and you can have a session with Matt and get a little deeper than what you even got today uh, with whatever you're dealing with. Um, but also Matt is currently working on a project. Speaking of making your wishes known and planning ahead, this is something that is absolutely fascinating. You are currently raising money for something called the Omega house in your area. Yeah. Th thanks for bringing that up. Um, an Omega home is a home where people can go to die. That is not medicalized. So it will be a um, outside of a hospice. I don't want to talk about the ups and downs of hospice. Um, hospice actually has to be the one to, I, I believe, say that the um, patient is terminal. Yeah. Right. And then we will move them into the home and... It's, there's not an Omega home in New Jersey yet. They're they're kind of scattered all around the U.S. You can go on their website. Um, 
and we we provide support for the folks who are dying. And uh, this probably isn't the best thing to say, but it's almost like an Airbnb for for people who are are dying. Um, that actually sounds great. Can you have parties? Yeah, in that's, this the best, I think that's the best way to put it. I mean, it makes it sound like, oh, okay, all right then. It's uh, I call it an Omega House, which is actually a frat uh, name, <laughs> Omega Home. Um, so this is something that you guys can plan ahead. You don't have to be sick. You can correct. Can they plan it before? If, 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 yeah, I mean, it's one of the things. Like, and you you can just do this wherever you can say, "How do I want to die?" Yeah. You know, like, where do you want to die? You know, like you, you were saying grandma wanted to die at home. Mm-hmm. Um, you do, 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 most people don't want to die in the hospital and most yes. people die in the hospital. Yes. I just read statistics on this. The number one thing people say is I don't want to die in a hospital, which my mom said to me as well. So I got her home. Yep. Very difficult, but I got her home. And it was a but, kidnapping, was what but it was. people do <laughs> legal. It was all legal ish. <laughs> you can learn anything on YouTube. Um, it, but but over ninety percent of people die in a hospital, and it's horrible. Yeah, the, the and I know high. you don't want to say this, but I can say this: hospice can be horrible, um, not because of the human beings, but because of the bureaucracy hospitals can be absolutely horrific. And if, especially if you don't have an advocate, mom used to always say, they'll kill me if you're not with me. Um, so this is a place that is set up to support you through the end of your life, this yep. Omega home. And exactly. there, there's and, not, and there, there, go if, ahead. Yeah, there, there's there's a Omega Home network that you can look and see if there's one in your area if that is something that interests you. We're we're setting up one here in New Jersey. Um, we're the website; it's not up yet, but hopefully it will be by the time this airs. Should be held dot community. Okay. So the name of our foundation is is Held Home, and within okay. that, there's going to be a bunch of other things like. Community support, outreach. We're going to do death doula foundations trainings. We're going to do grief support. Um, we'll do outreach, hopefully, with all walks of life in all communities. Um, we have we have a pretty big vision for it, but ideally, yeah, we we want to give people a place to go to die, and um, the. I knew the dog was going to bark. Pocket. <laughs> and he, he's actually his publicist. He's like, we got to go. They're like, they're like, uh, Matthew, it's dinner time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Ours do the same thing. <laughs> five o'clock. Yeah, five o'clock. They start yeah. dancing. Um, yeah, we, we have, you know, and, and your uncle Philip is, is a part of the team. We have, we have some, some great people, a lot of volunteers, uh, I, I thought about, and I said to your uncle, I said, um, you know, I'm a, I'm an only child. Um, I don't have kids. Yeah. I, my family is in the area, but not totally, you know, they're kind of scattered. They have their own families. Right. So who is going to take care of me when I'm dying? Right. Right. Yeah. You know, I know this just even in, in volunteering for hospice, even some people die utterly alone. 
Yeah, I saw that. Too. Or, or some families, it's it's too much. Like they maybe you know maybe Rachel, it was just you, and you're like, oh, like you said, oh my god, I just need a break. Like I need I need someone to help me. Yep. So then we have these homes because not everyone has a whole family system where, right. or they've died or they've, they've all passed away or, or, or their kids have had, you know, it's funny, the drama of humanity cracks me up because it does. I, I'm, I'm really coming back to um, the love thing is like it really, and it's, I don't want it to sound trite. I really don't, but I get that we are at a place I, here's what I'm going to ask you. What do you think? How do you think our country deal? Because a lot of countries, different cultures have a way of dealing with death that we don't. Are we getting better at it? I think we're getting better at it. We're starting to at least walk into it more. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I Well, I think I don't really know. <laughs> I'm kind of <laughs> talking out of my ass. <laughs> more people are having this conversation. That's yeah. the truth. Yeah. And. It Probably like most things in this country, it's there's probably also a big division within it. Yeah. Um, but like Rachel was saying, most people don't want to die in a hospital. Right. So we're, we're at least talking about that. Like, right. where do you want to die? I want to die at home. I want to be surrounded by my family. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a starting point. And if you don't so have we'll, that, you'll have an Omega house to go to. Omega home. Omega home. Sorry, not Omega house. Uh, <laughs> Kappa, Kappa, hey, Omega. Kappa, Kappa, Omega. Uh, are uh, doctors and ho- nurses. there's a ton of them. Are they involved? Are doctors and nurses involved with an Omega home? Or how does that? Um, well, they have to. They're, they're usually the people. Um, every state is a little bit different. And, you know, we're, we're in the planning stage. We're actually doing a lot of the legal work of like what... what what does this take? How many rooms can we have? Um, we, you know, don't want to try to do it in the wrong neighborhood. Right. Because that's the other thing. It's like, oh yeah, this is great, but not in my neighborhood. You know, yeah. Like the NIMBY yeah. kind of thing. I don't think, so, uh, it doesn't have a thing. I don't think it has that thing. It's not like a, like a, a drug rehab caregiver, but uh, yeah, this isn't like, this oh, is. People are so freaked out death by death. death. Oh yeah. Well, if you knew, people don't want to know that someone died in the home that they live in. And yet, hey, everybody, you all had someone most likely die where sure, you live. Yeah. At least maybe not in those walls, but in the ground underneath. Yeah, them. or the house is on an Indian barrel ground. Okay, <laughs> relax. There's death all over. Right. Okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think that would be a thing. People would not want to know that the house across the street, people are dying every day. That would freak them out. The the home that I live in now uh, might have had, we're kind of unclear, but the other owner might have died in this home. Mm. And someone was like, aren't, aren't you scared? And I was like, People been fucking dying since forever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what, what am I? You know, and and my my dog, you know, Dracula died two feet from where I'm sitting. Yeah. Right. Well, and, uh, and it, it's a beautiful. Like I I you know I get to like be in this space yeah. and just like right. feel his love and his presence. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you tell people, like, guys, I guarantee you, in the next eighty years, eight billion people are gonna <laughs> die. Eight billion. So just relax. Everybody relax. <laughs> where you get your Botox, somebody died. Where you <laughs> yeah, get a exactly. massage, somebody, yeah, where you got your pedicure. There's dead bodies under there. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I remember when my mom was in the hospital, the lady next door, not one person visited. And she was at the end of her life. And I asked the nurse about the lady. And the, the nurse said, oh, honey, your mom, she's the outlier. 
She said, we much more rarely see this people coming in and out all day. She said, that lady is what we typically deal with. And I said, no one comes. And she said, no one comes. So Omega Home, you guys can go to Madhu Matt, M-A-D-H-U-M-A-T-T, if you want to contact him. Or that website will be up by the time this airs as well, maybe. What is it again, Matt? Held.community. Held.community to learn more about this Omega Home and how you can donate to get this project off the ground, especially if you're in that Jersey, New York, anywhere within driving distance. This is in your best interest. Um, and go to the, his website as well for the grief walking. You're going to be doing a, an online doula training in September, I think. Yeah, well, actually, I think I'm probably going to push that back because I'll be back in India in October. How many times have you been? You can't quit India, man. Uh, (laughs) uh, I don't know, maybe five or six now. Wow. This is a, this is a, is in three months. This is just a three week little pilgrimage. So very awesome. (laughs) It's just three weeks. That's all. Uh, Can I tell you that? Let me say I'm super fortunate to be able to do that. Oh, totally get it. Uh, I I just need to say that. uh, Man, you've been, you've, I've been an awesome guest. Honestly, it's, it's, it's like, at the time of by like that, I don't even know. Like, like, and and a cool dude. I really appreciate like a Jer- New Jersey uh, death doula is like uh, honestly. That's I'm gonna pitch that show. I'm pitching say, that show. New Jersey death doula. I'm pitching that show. with a dog named Dracula. You do with a, dra- a dog <laughs> named Dracula. It's awesome. <laughs> Matt, we appreciate you so much. Thank you so much. Really, you you guys are doing great work. So you, you too, I, my I brother. Thanks, it. thanks for helping me through. Thanks, Matthew. I'll bye, talk to bye, you bye, brother. Soon.